good evening or in fact Hello. it may well be good morning you're watching the car seven race driver show with me hugh hattrick and a very special guest all the way from tasmania it is charlie roscoe good morning G'day, charlie. how are you i am very well very well indeed and it's great Excellent. to see you here this morning and all of the people in the chat who have come all the way from all the other the southern hemisphere who are watching from the other side of the world and from of course all the guys from europe and across the globe a very warm welcome so charlie it's fantastic to have you on the show you've got no, a huge following yeah mm. oh very welcome we've finally completed the team rock the <laughs> team rock group is here we've got i believe we've got kirith in the chat as well and i know obviously rory might pop in at some point as well um, and we've we've had Callum before on the chat, so maybe he'll come in as well and ask you some questions. Um, but uh, I will ask you the, the question that nobody gets away with. They all have <laughs> to have to answer it. How did your love for gaming, how did it all begin? Um, yeah, so I, I suppose I was pretty late to, to gaming in general. I, um, I, I grew up watching motorsports, so my dad was into uh, Formula One, MotoGP and World Superbikes. So that's, I guess, what I watched as well growing up. Um, and I must admit, I didn't play a lot of video games or racing games when I was younger. Um, probably something I, I, I got a little bit more into as an adult. But I do remember fondly uh, sort of three games, I guess, from from that era that I, I did play uh, a little bit. One was Colin McRae. Oh, um, yeah. The original Colin McRae. Yeah. Uh, one was Shame on Cricket 99, which I think was yeah. called Brian Lara Cricket 99 in your part of the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the third one was um, Formula One or F1 1997, F197. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going back a little bit. That's showing my age. But um, that, that was a game <laughs> that I really did spend a lot of time playing back then. They had Murray Walker um, as a commentator. Um, so it was, it really was a wonderful game. Spent a lot of time playing it. And um, yeah, moving on, I, I sort of, I, I guess, I'll jump forward to about 2012 when I decided uh, with a friend of mine, Willie, we bought um, F1 2012. It had been a, a fair while uh -huh. between drinks for me. And um, and we got right into it. We really started playing it a lot um, online. We set up a championship against the AI just on controller at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went for a little holiday to Sydney. And uh, whilst we were in Darling Harbour, we were walking through sort of a, a, a shopping plaza of some description there. And we walked past a shop that was set up with a bunch of simulators in it. And um, that was pretty wild for us. And we went in and it seemed very expensive, which it was, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was a whole bunch of simulators and they were all running uh, R-Factor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we were able to pick the track and pick the car. And we sort of jumped in it uh, and and we ended up having a really, really cool time. We just thought it was the, the duck's yeah. guts. You know, we really thought yeah. it was wonderful. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of came home, we started looking around to see if there was anything in Tasmania that was similarly set up and there wasn't. Um, so we just looked around at how much something like our factor cost. Uh, mm. And it was cheap at that point. It was 2012, 2013, whatever it was at, at that time. It was really, really cheap. So um, we grabbed it and started playing on a controller and we ended up joining some some clubs and doing some league racing all on an Xbox controller. We kept that very secret because they were very, very... Um, you know, they had a lot of, you, you had to be on a steering wheel, otherwise you were you know, going to ruin everyone's race. And as soon as some random joined and they, they took everybody out, um, they were quick to go, oh, I bet you he's on a controller. So we kept it very quiet, but we were just on an Xbox <laughs> controller and um, and it just escalated from there. Next thing you know, we, we're both buying steering wheels and um, I went through the Logitech catalogue from the G25 to the 7 yeah. to the 9 and, yeah, and, um, <laughs> and fast forward to, um, to now, yeah. Fantastic. So you've had a, a, a really wide 
uh, gaming uh, experience in. And the early F1 games, I used to love them. I have to admit, they were so much fun. And uh, the noise and the speed, and you had different commentators as well. I'm sure one of them, Murray Walker, was and Martin Bundle were the commentators. Um, and uh, so that it was, it was, it was quite fun. Even if you're playing the AI, obviously before the multiplayer, um, it was great fun um, to race against them. And what was, what was it that was there anything that really stood out for you in playing F1 and things like that? Well, I mean, given that I watched it, um, I suppose I always took a little bit. But like as as fun as Colin McRae was, I think I always took to. Um, that accuracy. I like to just do lap after lap and try and hit the perfect apex and try and, you know, do, do mm. the perfect thing. And Formula 1 really was about the only game at the time that offered. This will um, this will upset some people. But I did play the original Gran Turismo and, and did not like it. Um, I think I played Ridge <laughs> Racer and didn't like it. Um, and a lot of those older games I just couldn't get into. Formula 1 was the only thing that scratched that itch. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what I stuck with for a long time, yeah. But... Because I think the early games, especially in F1, they, they did have a sense of realism. To and if you, especially if you follow F1, yeah. and it is so, you know, because any motorsport fan or F1 fan, they want to be as close to the action as possible. And Absolutely, so I, and and that's what brings you to it. So whenever they brought out a new one, I remember getting like 2010, and then 11, I was at 12, and then 13, and every time they brought out a new one at that stage, it was like the graphics got a bit better. You could do yeah. a bit more with it. The engines sounded a bit better. Um, mm -hmm. It was always it was always quite fun, and at the time, I don't think Gran Turismo really had all of that. They had some some good combinations, yeah. But I think when you did the F one car, they were like really hard to drive, and also you would go through a set of tires in the race in like five laps, and and do no... pit stops and do oh, all sorts was... of you know it was trying to replicate real life. And I suppose um, I often say on my channel I don't care for. Um, the made-up tracks in Gran Turismo Sport. I really like the the real ones, and I think yeah. at the time that's partly why I didn't love games like Gran Turismo and and Ridge Racer and things like that. I think that's what it was called. Um, I didn't love it at the time because they were just made-up tracks. You couldn't replicate real life. You know, yep, they had some real cars, um, but mm. that was it. And the tire screeching noise, which still hangs around to the day, that brings back painful memories. I just couldn't do that <laughs> tire screech noise. It was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> well, that's it. It does. It does definitely. Yeah, it bears with you. Now we've got uh, some quick questions here, and one from one of your Team Rock teammates oh. here, Kirith Cart. Yeah, Kirith, said, I like Kirith. A question for Charlie: What is it like having to turn the opposite way for corners than us Brits? <laughs> yes, well, when you're upside down, you do need to um, you do need to get that into your brain, but you just adapt to it, you know, over time, over time. It's like you get used to purchasing new items for the house and you just go home and you screw them to the roof, and that's as simple as that. It's just how we live down here. <laughs> I knew there'd be a question like that coming. <laughs> but, uh, and we've got another one from Piosco or Piosco. Um, it says, ask him about barbecuing cows and flies away. Oh dear, yes. So, um, uh, a stream a long time ago. I was actually I was testing out. I'm getting back to my motorcycle side, which obviously um, I don't do a lot of on the channel. But I was um, trying out uh, the Isle of Man game, um, Isle of Man TT, I think it was called. And um, yeah, we just got just got onto the topic of barbecuing chickens uh, by essentially putting a beer can up the chicken's rear end, uh, sitting <laughs> that on the barbecue. And it's really, really nice to baste the chicken in um, in Vegemite, believe it or not. Kind of soaks yeah. into the chicken and it's just really nice. We sort of got onto that topic and somehow we um, just started getting a bit crazy and, and tried to upscale that and wondered if we could use a keg instead of a beer can and a cow instead of a chicken. And 
you know, and uh, and try and buy. And I think it was a shipping container as a barbecue to try and put the cow in. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous, but that's it's, uh, it's a legacy that stuck around anyway. Yeah. No, that's the thing. And we've got Rory as well, who has joined the chat, and Darren Turner too. So we've got lots of guys at Lippy Racing, race fan, they're all in here uh, watching in the chat. And feel free to ask some questions. Just put it in capitals for me so we can put it out to Charlie. That um, So how did your kind of, obviously you started your channel, you've been going for a few years. Um, how, in terms of your Gran Turismo experience, because you're quite now well, well renowned for that, how, um, how did that all come about? How did that develop? So um, going back pre-YouTube, so this isn't actually my first YouTube account. I have had one prior, um, but it was very, like there was no commentary over it. It was just uploading videos and and that sort of thing along the way. But that's how I had the gear, like the capture card and whatnot, to be able to do it uh, first. And that channel does still exist, but I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so essentially um, I... It was Grand Turismo 6, I think, was the first one I kind of bought. And I thought, I'm going to try Because I did, to be fair, whilst I didn't like the old Grand Turismo, I think GT4 was the first one. I um, I got the, given the prologue, yeah. if you remember yeah. back, and they did the prologues first. And mm. um, and I played that, and I really enjoyed it. I actually really did enjoy it. So I got into Grand Turismo 4 a bit. Uh, fast forward down to Grand Turismo 6, which I think was a PS3, was it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, PSG, um, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and I bought that and I got right into it and I actually had a steering wheel and everything. So when Gran Turismo Sport came out, um, I thought, well, I'll get on top of this. And my YouTube channel had started, but it was it was nothing really. Like um, I was basically doing podcasts uh, about real yeah. racing with with a couple of friends. Oh, We'd release okay. one video every now and again. And I, I kind of you know, started it as a sim racing channel, but not too much. And it was actually the launch of Formula One, geez, was it 2017? Um, it's feeling like so long ago now. I think at the launch of F1 2017, I decided to live stream it. And I'd never really live streamed anything before. I just hit live off the, the PlayStation 4. And yeah. um, and I suddenly had a bit of an influx of people watching and it bumped up to, um, I think I went from about 14 subscribers to about 58 subscribers. Um, wow. Off, off, yeah, off about two Formula 1 streams. So then when Gran Turismo Sport launched, I thought, well, I want to get that. I want to try it. I had a good time with the last Gran Turismo. Um, yeah. So I'll get that and I will, I'll hit live stream. I'll hit go and I can do it opening night and um, things are a little bit different back then. So Australia kind of gets time gated now and we wait till 4 p.m. for games to launch and whatnot. But back then, as soon as it hit midnight, and of course we're in the future, so yeah. it hits midnight, the game's not come out in a lot of parts of the world and yeah. I've got it. So um, yeah. so I decided to live stream the opening night of Gran Turismo Sport and, um, and yeah, I had a, had a bunch of viewers. I don't remember the numbers now and they'd probably seem small, by today's standards, but back then I couldn't believe it, and um, and I just started making Grand Turismo Sport content videos primarily, which was my comfort zone. And then I guess I fell into streaming a little bit more, and um, yeah, and I had a good time with it overall. It was nice to be online racing people, which is really what what I liked. That's what I enjoyed doing. Yeah, can you remember your first online racing experiences on Grand Turismo? Were they were they good, bad, or in between? So oh, I'm just trying to remember. I believe initially I had a good time. Um, I think in the early stages, everyone was was fairly decent. Um, you yeah. still had the first corner heroes, um, but really that was about your main concern. If you could sort of stay out of trouble into T1 at Monza, you were pretty good. Um, not yeah. like Monza was in the game back then, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it was otherwise okay. It kind of got as – because the game really exploded, and I, I don't believe anyone really could um, – could predict how big Gran Turismo Sport was going to get, um, especially mm -hmm. in the YouTube world. I mean, 
what what big Gran Turismo sport channels existed or Gran Turismo channels, uh, apologize, existed prior to GT Sport. Wouldn't have been a lot. Um, so, yeah, no one really. And I think as popularity picked up and a lot more people got on the game, um, that's when I think driving standards started to go up and down and then the penalty system got too tight and then too loose and, and now it doesn't exist at all. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It can, but I don't it can be. <laughs> mm. it can be, I remember my first uh, kind of going. I think it was really GT Sport, to be fair, um, that I ever did uh, the multiplayer on. I I was quite nervous the first time. I think it was my first race was in Suzuka, um, and uh, and but I kind of I managed to finish the race. I thought, well, that was at least an achievement, and I wasn't last. Um, so it was it was it was something. Uh, but it can it give you the sweats when it's your first full time because it was you know it, it's it's a great game to play. Um, and and it's so competitive, but as you say, it's, it comes it has its ups and its downs, and mm. we've had all these things with different penalties. So it will see where it all goes and how it all works. Now we've got another question here from Kirith Cut, and he says, um, "Does having such big stones limit the number of sim rigs you can fit into?" Uh, look, I, I um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't believe that I have that issue to to be concerned with. Um, so the sim ring I have now, which is will eventually be replaced, um, it's been ordered for about two months. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know how to answer that one <laughs> with a serious face. But thank you for your question, Kira. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. Now, I have a Rue Mar experience is asking as you're from Tasmania. Does yes. Charlie like their famous whiskey? Not particularly. I'm wondering if you're thinking of the Lark Distillery. I think that's probably one of the more famous whiskies um, down here. I've um, I've tried it a couple of times, and um, it's fine. It's fine. It's not, uh, and it's not cheap here either. If you're wondering if it's quite cheap, because I mean, no, it's very expensive. <laughs> Lots um, of extra taxes, aren't they? They tend to do that. Uh, and Australia is unbelievable for taxes on alcohol. So, um, yeah, there is no cheap alcohol here, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't um, – no. And and this will sound a bit – this will turn people off. But I actually prefer a blended um, scotch over a single malt, and you pretty much only get single malts down here. So, yes, that uh, probably make my palate sound very sophisticated. But <laughs> that's the reality of it. No, that's absolutely fine. Now, we've got a question from Kaya247, if I pronounced that right now. Um, what track from Australia and New Zealand would you mm -hmm. like to see added to GT Sport or sim racing in general? Yes. So that's a tough question because there's a lot of really good tracks um, around. Obviously, Bathurst is in everything, so I can leave that well alone. Um, you've got things like Phillip Island, which is uh, a really great racetrack, although I must admit I love it on motorbikes. Absolute, one of my favourite tracks in the world for motorbikes. Uh, and I have actually ridden there myself, um, but not for cars so much. Um, and Sydney Motorsport Park is probably, uh, or Eastern Creek as it was once known, that's another more of famous um, international circuits for Australia. But again, that's um, it doesn't always bring out the best racing. It's kind of a big horsepower track. So um, I, I don't know. I think um, the Pukekohe track in New Zealand is is a really cool, fun track. And I think that something like that in a game like Gran Turismo Sport um, or iRacing would be wonderful. It's not a particularly big track. It's about, I think, mm. Sukuba in size. It's short, um, but it is it is fantastic. I do really enjoy, yeah, that circuit. Yeah. I know that yeah. sounds fantastic. Sounds mm. great. Now, we've got a, a great question here from Jerry. And oh, Shonzi has, has joined us as well. We've got a big viewing now. They're all up to uh, over 16 in the chat. 
and in watching, which is fantastic. Now, Jerry has said, what racing event that you haven't been to so far would you mm. most like to go to? Well, as embarrassing as it is, we've not been to the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne. Um, mm. We were scheduled to go to uh, Singapore last year, but we cancelled that with, yeah. uh, with you know, the pandemic, obviously. Um, and we were intending to go to Victoria this year for the F1, but rather embarrassingly, and again, showing my age, the last time I attended a Formula One Grand Prix, uh, Ayrton Senna won it. So that's... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that was in Adelaide, uh, and I was, yeah. I was just a wee child, but uh, it, yes, wow. I was there. That was the year it poured, 91, I think, and um, poured with Rome. But yeah. the event I'd most like to go to, I mean, uh, did you specify within my country? If it's in yeah, within it could a, be anywhere. I think anywhere. It could be, yeah, anywhere at all. Spa. Spa. Yeah. I know. Monaco, maybe, but Spa. I want to go to the Spa Formula 1 Grand Prix. Um, I've yeah. done Mazzano um, in Italy for the MotoGP, which was insane. I got to watch Valentino Rossi win, which is huge. Um, oh, yeah. But I think now Formula 1 in Spa, that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the thing. I can't believe you were in Adelaide when Senna won. I think it was, as you say, yeah, 91. I, yep. that, I saw Senna win at Donington in 93. Oh, very that's nice. That's the only Grand Prix I've been to. Um, yeah. And what an experience! Just an incredible day out. Um, that and to see people like that at, at that time, they were the big stars, and they yeah. just head head and shoulders above anything else as an Very event. Much. You know, yeah. um, it's it's quite a quite a thing. And uh, yeah, Donington Park was because it was a wet race as well. Uh, kind of, kind of <laughs> wet and dry, and and all and everything in between. So uh, yeah. it's, it's an amazing thing. I mean, you think you've witnessed a kind of hero of, of F one win a race, and you would have seen Mansell, Prost, yeah. uh, Alessi, Berger, all of them. They're all all there at the right. time. So it was, That's right. I don't remember a lot, to be fair, but I was there. All I really remember it was was how torrential the rain was and how miserable I was as a young child. But, <laughs> but uh, at least I have that fond memory that I did go there, and I did get yeah. to see the, the legends of the sport. Hmm. I got it for my 18th birthday, uh, and that, oh. that was the thing. So it was an amazing, amazing experience. And you, I can still remember the difference in the – in the, in the sounds of the engines, you know, from the Ferraris to the Renaults, uh, yeah. to the, the Benettons and the whole thing and the McLaren. So, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Absolutely. And the volume. I remember I had earplugs, uh, obviously yeah. being so young, they had earplugs and then earmuffs over the top and they were still loud. They were, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how I'd go now as an adult, but those, uh, that would have been V10s then, wouldn't it? They, yeah, they V10s and V12s. Mm. Yeah, mm. I remember that the Renault was quite a hard engine to hear. Uh, it was quite it was quite it wasn't rough but it was it was coarse but the, mm. the ferrari v12s used to sing and their their engine was note was quite different and it made this great sound as it kind of went up the rev range so you could yeah. you didn't have to put your hands to your ears quite for that but the other ones it was it was they were a bit rougher um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but i know that's that's the thing well we've got mm. some great questions here from uncle tashi and says so a couple of questions uh, first is the targa tasmania still going and yes. if so would you do it and in which car so yes, yeah, uh, Targa Tasmania is still going, um, as far as I'm aware, and they did run it. I think they did run it last year, um, despite all, uh, although with reduced numbers, obviously, because it's it's difficult to get around um, in between state borders and whatnot. Um, although that's freeing up now, to be fair. But I would like to do it, but it is horrendously expensive. Um, so I have met and spoken with a few people that have done it, and it's a very very expensive event and this is before you worry about which car you yeah. own drive race um in an ideal world yes i would absolutely uh, love to do target tasmania and the car i'd like to do it in for me it's going to be boring i'm sorry but i'd just i'd like to buy an, uh, an fd rx7 
with a big Turbo yeah. 13B in it, and um, and that would be that would be, be me in my is. happy place. Well, one of my first interviews I ever did was with Andrew Cohen, who was oh, yeah. the, the boss of the Mitsubishi Rally Team, and in his heyday when he was a rally driver, um, he uh, he did the London to Sydney race in ten Ooh. days, um, and he won it. Um, so it was, you know, it was it was an incredible. That was back, I think, in the late sixties, early seventies, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, it is it, that was to be something else to do mm. ten days from London to Sydney, you know, as, it, yeah, and in old cars, and it was just yeah. flat out the whole way on these different <laughs> stages in different countries. That oh, uh, what a wonderful world a it was back then. Yeah, absolutely. And just to say for everyone who is watching, if you've not already subscribed to Charlie's channel, the link is in the description there. So please go over to it and subscribe. He's got fantastic racing content. And if you like this channel as well and like lots of sim racing interviews, then please hit the subscribe button and notification bell and you'll never miss a video. Now, let's get back to the questions that are here for Charlie. Now, uh, Racer14GLR has asked, how does Charlie like the new supercars uh, mm -hmm. like they were on Forza Motorsport? Uh, so, geez, uh, when was the last Forza? I think Forza 6 I dabbled in a little bit. Um, and I think they only had one supercar, didn't they? It wasn't an older an older one? No, maybe not. Um, I can talk about the, the supercars as they are in iRacing because that's where I've been using them more recently. And I think um, I think they're a wonderful car to drive. Um, they're, they're obviously a fair way removed from road cars um, like that ones where I was just discussing um, earlier about these RX-7s, which are the Australian yeah. touring cars, which precedes the supercars. Um, that was the, the national series back then from the mid-80s. And, and the good thing about them was they were road cars. Uh, and, of course, that's what all the all of us old nostalgia type of yeah. minds like to look back at when they took a road car, they made it fast. Um, and, I mean, you go back far enough through the history of the Bathurst 1000 and uh, at, at one point you were only allowed to do a pit stop with the, the tools that came standard in the boot of the car. That was it. Goodness. So you had to use the old tyre iron and everything to change it. My so goodness. That's the kind of racing I love, and that's why I love um, improved production and, and you know, classes like that these days um yeah. but the modern supercars uh they're really really good fun cars to drive um you know we've still got the sequential uh shift at the moment which may be changing to the paddle i'm not sure um yeah. but i think that's a unique thing and I, I think they should keep it to be honest whilst it's less efficient and we know that um i fun. think it's it's more Isn't fun it? and there's huge horsepower yeah. yeah and they've got no downforce um i i think i i think i recently said in a video they had about 600 kilos but i think that's well wrong i think it's about 350 kilos of downforce um at 300 odd it's it's nothing yeah, yeah they are big big tin tops 1.5 ton um yeah. with a huge amount of 600 650 horsepower and um and and the the back tires on them are not that wide considering the horsepower so they're just a a mental car to drive um yeah. and a lot of fun yeah i don't really have a preference on brand obviously holden no longer exists um yeah. but yeah, beyond that they're they're the same chassis it's a homologated chassis the engine side they're really they're, they're not far away from a single class championship you can just stretch your own shell over it basically yeah yeah so they're a fair way removed but really really good fun yeah good fun cars oh, that's the thing now looping racing uh, Lupi has, has been, he's always been coming into our streams and asking good questions. And he yeah. said, Adel the Adelaide Street Circuit is, mm -hmm. it must be the one that he, I remember Adelaide, because uh, it was such a good bit. I mean, there was the Mansell blow, the tyre blowout and back in 86 when he was up for the championship. Um, and also, I think in, was it 89, he had a great battle as well with Senna. Uh, and I think he had a clash with Senna in 90, maybe it was at 92, 
in Adelaide. Um, but uh, there were all sorts of. I mean, there were always. It was the, it was the last race of the season, and it was yeah. always the it was the one that was either a big build up to a championship, um, or it was it was just, it had the sense of great fun. And um, what was what's kind of been your best memories of watching F one and the races? Mm-hmm. What's kind of your favourite ones that you've seen at Adelaide, um, specifically? You mean? Yeah, or um, any, anywhere, anyone that you like. Jeez. Uh, so, I mean, Adelaide was good. Adelaide was good. Um, but I, an unpopular opinion, I don't dislike Albert Park. I think um, I think Albert Park is a brilliant circuit to to drive. Um, yeah. And I think we've seen some some good races there. It's hard to kind of pick out what a favourite of mine would be in Australia. And I guess um, the other well, thing... Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the F1, on the F1 calendar. Um, Jeez, favourite moment. Favourite moment. Hard to tell. I, I must admit, I do... I, do very fondly remember when Mark Webber in a Minardi um, yeah. got, I think it was fifth position in the end he got. That was a um, that was yeah. a phenomenal race. And we hadn't had an Australian um, in the championship doing anything much for a very long time. Um, probably yeah. Alan Jones, I'd imagine, um, yeah. going back yeah. to, the, to the 80s. And, uh, and for him to get that in a Minardi was was unbelievable. That one that one yeah. sticks with me. But also, you know, Daniel Ricciardo's first win was pretty great. Anything anything Australian success based yeah. has been <laughs> has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing, isn't it? When you see a standout race and a standout performance, mm. I always remember uh, Fuji two thousand and seven uh, when Lewis Hamilton won, and it was horrendous conditions. And they mm. hadn't really raced at Fuji that much, but I, think was, I don't know if you've raced there since. There's only a, a couple of uh, of, of Grand Prix at, at Fuji in the last wee while, uh, but the, the, it was almost like a mist across the circuit. And I think the first twenty laps had been with a safety car, and they finally allowed them to get going. Um, yep. And literally, you couldn't see anything. And then I think it was Kubica and Hamilton had a clash, um, mm. but they managed to keep going. And then, he, and then Hamilton eventually won, and his teammate Alonso had a huge crash at one of the hairpins, um, and that put him out. And uh, and eventually, Hamilton went on to win the race. Um, mm. And I always remember Martin Brundle. Um, saying at the end of it, he said, "If if Lewis wins the championship, it was worth it for that one race only." So that was a championship winning, um, yep. you know, kind of attempt. And I think when you when you see a, an amazing, a kind of exceptional race mm. like that, it makes you think, "Yeah, that's 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 the one to watch, isn't it?" Yeah, but, um, I mean, there are so many wonderful things and quirky things that happen in Formula One. I mean, it's it's yeah. hard to forget races like um, what was it back when they had the dual cha- um, tires? It must have been Michelin and Bridgestone, was it? Oh yeah, and one yeah. Of them was deemed unsafe, and we ended up with yeah, uh, six cars, cars on the grid. On the grid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had yeah. two up the front, which might have been was it the Ferraris? I have to jog my memory. Yeah, I think um, the Ferraris. Yeah, because Schumacher took part, and I think it was at the Force India. A bunch of backmarkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Force <laughs> yeah. India, and then there was somebody else in between, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, that was, yeah. That, that was it. Was, that was crazy. That, that was, was in wild. Indianapolis. Indiana. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It. Yeah, that's that was wild. But so many great moments, and um, yeah, MotoGP not to be outdone. Recently replicated that as well. With um, I think it was Miller started on the um, the grid all by himself. Everyone else started from pit lane because they were ducked in to change tires. So um, ah, that's just, right. Yeah, that was crazy. That, that was, was really crazy, wasn't it? Mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, now, now we've got a great question from Sean Z. He says, "Will you do another Bathurst one thousand? And if so," Will you take on a partner and not get disqualified? <laughs> yeah, so obviously that was – I did not expect to be successful in that at all. Um, and I think I think if you had have said you're going to do the Bathurst 1000 without a single incident point uh, and come second, I think I'd have called you a liar. There was no <laughs> way that was ever going to happen. I don't know to this day how I did it. So I never expected it to be an issue that I got disqualified. I thought, well, I'm probably going to be sitting in the pits after race anyway, so I'll, you know, I may even quit. Um, I would definitely do it again, and I would definitely take someone to ensure that my um, 
results are counted. In an ideal world, it'd be nice to to try and do it again almost solo. So have someone come in, do their um, 25% of an equal share or yeah. a fair share, sorry, and um, and get their minimum amount of laps done without crashing the car and then just uh, let me do the rest of the race. I think that would be a lot of fun and give me a nice little break in the middle as well because um, they'd probably do one full tire stint or something. So that's, um, that. yeah, I would do it again. That was, a, that was a big challenge, mind you, but I would, yeah. Yeah, oh, fantastic. And what's been your biggest successes then in GT Sport? Uh, have you done a lot of FI? I, I saw you doing FI yesterday um, in, in the North Slice. Um, but what's been your greatest kind of uh, moments of success for GT Sport? In GT Sport, um, I mean, yeah, going going back a couple of years when I, um, yeah, I'm getting back into it now, but I, obviously I used to play it a lot more when it launched. Uh, and I did do a lot more FIA type stuff. Um, and, you know, it was always nice to see my name there as the number one in my state and my yeah. area. And, yeah. you know, um, I think at one point I, I might have been first or second or something for, was it Mercedes um, manufacturer in my region? Um, very yeah. briefly, very briefly. Blinking, you miss it, but I was. So, That's pretty good um, going. Yeah, just little things like that. Probably the biggest success I would say for Grand Turismo Sport is the the races I've organised through my community. We've done a lot of um, yeah, championship races um, type of thing, but we've done a couple of enduros as well, and some of them have been you know really really fun. And we've tried we've tried all sorts of things. We've had um, team races where where my wife came and picked out of a hat. Um, who the teammates were so that there was no stacking teams and whatnot. Yeah. You got who you got. There's all sorts of crazy stuff we've done, but um, that's what I look back most fond- fondly on is um, yeah. is the custom sort of races, I guess, we, we did as a community, yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds fantastic. Now yeah. we've got another famous chat member here. It is Gary Gilmore has joined us in the chat and he's asked you a question. What is the one thing you're looking forward to on GT7? Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the the online multiplayer works. I mean, that's my bread and butter. And uh, look, I'll dabble in the in the offline stuff for sure. We'll have we'll have yeah. a bit of fun doing that, and uh, it'll be fun doing up some cars. And it'll be nice to, you know, hopefully they have a wide um, range of Mazdas again and some RX-7s that I can um, modify and do up and put 20B bridge ports in and all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, but but the online racing is probably where uh, I'm most interested in, and. Um, mm. And I, I have some concerns that it could well be exactly the same as GT Sport, just transplanted in to what yeah. was GT6. And yeah. I really hope that's not the case. Um, I would love to see some some bigger races, some more endurance-based races, um, not necessarily like iRacing, you know, big, long ones, but at least races that yeah. go for an hour and things like that. That would be that would be so much fun. So I'm hoping there's a daily race D, I suppose, yeah. and the <laughs> Ds are much, much longer, a much yeah. longer race, yeah. Because uh, that's so, the thing, daily race A and B are really short. I, I, you're always going to feel they yeah. can just do with a bit more, even just a yeah. few more laps each, um, that would help. And then obviously the longer daily race C, and then you see a, a D would be quite good um, yeah. to have more laps and a bit more a bit more time um, for that. And yeah. uh, Pio, Piosco has said, greatest success in GT Sport, a live stream without technical difficulties. Yeah, wow, that's um, that seems like a wild. <laughs> I, I think I'm better these days, to be fair. But I built my channel on technical difficulties. Man, I used to have <laughs> some absolute shockers. Um, and if it wasn't me, it was Grand Turismo Sport. And if it wasn't either of us, it was the PlayStation or the steering wheel. Or, there was always something going on. But um, that's okay. Kept it interesting. And uh, and these days I have very few technical difficulties. And it's boring now. So I'm going to have to start pulling things out with my feet as I'm driving and whatnot. I know to to bring them back. <laughs> Uh, uh. Oh, that's the thing. Now we've got another question, and it's a it's a kind of it's a real petrol head question. Mm. This one, 
and it is from Rumai. It says, what is Charlie's favourite bike engine and his favourite car engine? So it would be road Ooh. and road for both. Bike well, the car's car. easy, so I'll get that straight off the bat. It's a road tree. Love road trees. They're the best engine ever made, uh, and I won't be told otherwise. Um, <laughs> so that's that's nice and easy in, in the car world. Um, what's my favourite bike engine? Jeez, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, what's my ultimate motorbike, which I don't know? Currently, I've got a Triumph uh, Speed Triple, the, the 1050 version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the the triples. The, they are wonderful, the Triumph engines. I mean, very unique note. Um, a little less interesting these days. This current one's very linear. My old street triple I had, um, which was a 2009, that was that was a wonderfully wild, crazy engine. That had um, that was not linear at all, and it was wonderful to, to ride. But um, I suppose the bike I've always wanted, which includes the engine I've always wanted, is probably the Ducati uh, 996, so not the 916, although it looks the same. Um, yeah. but the 996 yeah they are the the rattle of the dry clutch and the ducati engines is is magnificent the noise yeah. the rumble they make you just i just think you can't go past a, a ducati um i mean aprilia and whatnot get close with their twins but can't yeah. get past it's such a shame that ducati's <laughs> gone to a um to a four-cylinder down there panigale but that's okay yeah yeah no. Oh, that's the thing. I always remember the, the, the most fa- the favourite engine I, I heard. It was at Goodwood at the Festival of Speed a few years ago. Um, mm. And we actually thought it was an F1 car because the sound was so <laughs> strong and such an amazing sound. But it was the Ferrari Enzo FXX uh, kind of oh, race yeah. car. You know, they kind of they did this wonderful, they did some amazing videos on YouTube with them. Um, mm. And the noise, oh, I could have I listened to that over and over again. Um, yeah. It was unbelievable. Um, and me and my mate, we ran to the, the over the kind of the, the, to the bales at the start, finished. And by the time we got there, we just saw this thing go past in a cloud of smoke. Um, yeah. He was doing burnouts at the start and just <laughs> incredible. Um, but uh, but the rev range as well, it just seemed to go right up. Um, mm. And I thought that would be an, an amazing car to drive. Absolutely. Something yeah. like that would be the. And, what would and be unfortunately, your... I was just going to say, I haven't, I haven't heard a lot of. Um, you know, because I suppose we don't have a lot of um, big motorsport events in Tasmania or whatnot, and I've travelled to the mainland for a few, but we miss out on hearing some of those cool engines and we don't have a Goodwood Festival of Speed. And, you know, Target yeah. Tasmania, you get a lot of Porsches because they're fast when it comes to yeah. the street, so you're used to hearing that. But um, uh, the one car that, um, uh, what's it called, the Bugani Zonda, it's not a, it's not a car yeah. I'm particularly fond of uh, in terms of looks, which, yeah. you know, that's my own hot take. But um, I did hear that engine in yeah. person, at, and it was in anger. He was um, yeah. he was given at the full biscuits, and that did sound magnificent. I have to say that was a wonderful yeah, sounding great. engine. That used to be on GT Sport as well. I'm sure that mm. he's under that was. I remember he used to use that for some of the the faster races. And yeah. That was always when he would kind of choose, and yeah, it did sound amazing. But, mm. uh, you could tune that car up and did about 300 miles an hour. But, uh, <laughs> Not <laughs> as good as a Suzuki Escape. I remember doing that up back in the day, and that was a that was a good fun car. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's the thing. And Piosco has said, I recently got to hear a Lexus LFA oh, that yeah. revved inside a garage. And he says, "Wow!" And a smile from ear to ear. Yeah, I would join you with that. They sound they're, they're basically it's almost like a race engine mm-hmm. in that car, and the LFA is is something else. But uh, but no, it would be it's quite a, quite a machine. The, the, all these all these supercars are absolutely fantastic now to go on to i racing because you you went away from gt sport for a wee while and, mm. uh, and went into i racing um and how did you find changing over to i racing what was it like um look I, I i adjusted okay i guess because um 
yeah, obviously my my background, my roots are in um, uh, are in R Factor, which is a totally different sort of game from Gran Turismo Sport. Yeah. That's sort of where I cut my teeth, I suppose. Um, and I did actually dabble way back in the day in iRacing, um, and it was very hard. I found it very very tough back then, but I did um, go and buy myself an old supercar. It was, I think, it's the free one now. Oh, uh, it was yeah. the old, um, I think, it was the FG Falcon from memory, something like that. And um, I bought that, and I bought Bathurst, and I couldn't drive it. They, they, it was there was you know back in those days, the tire model was horrendous on the supercars, and you just yeah. couldn't make them turn. Um, and I don't uh, think my equipment was good enough. So I dabbled in eye racing, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Um, and uh-huh. I, I tried a few things. Um, so it was actually okay. I was able to just slide back into um, something that feels a bit more familiar. I mean, if anything, Grand Turismo Sports always been the harder thing for me to adjust to because it feels so mm-hmm. unlike your i-racings and your r-factors and and things yeah. like that it's yeah very very different feel especially on a wheel um i find them very understeery and the car doesn't sort of respond to weight transfers like you might expect so um yeah grand Turismo sports the harder one for me to adjust into and it's mm. i feel much more comfortable sliding back towards i-racing yeah and do you have any now your kind of favorite combinations in i-racing what kind of cars do you races do you like to take part in well, what I've really enjoyed this year, um, I, I really didn't touch the supercars at all. How very un-Australian of me, I know. Um, but I <laughs> mainly just stuck to the GT3 and GTE. Uh, the P2s are always a lot of fun um, if you can not be a tool when you drive them. But um, this year I've got into uh, the supercars and the uh, the Formula 3, the F3 car. Um, and they've both been a lot of fun. So um, favourite track, Spa, but not so much in those two cars. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Watkins Glen, which is a track I really used to despise. I thoroughly like it now. It's actually surprisingly difficult and technical, and the difference between the good and the not so good on pace is is huge. So mm. I really like Watkins Glen, and I had a great time in the Formula 3 and the supercar at Watkins Glen. So um, there you yeah. go. That's an answer I never thought I'd give because I never used to like Watkins Glen, but there you go. I know it's good to get a, a race circuit, and it's a real challenge. Yeah, uh, and you get there. And I was doing um, Thea from the Amazon, her uh, stream last night with Threes of Crowd. And on, on Tuesday night, I thought uh, they're racing at Ilton Park in the, in, the, in, the, in the Group 3. And I thought, I've never actually really raced there in that. And I thought, I'd better get some practice in. So I thought, right, I'll do it. It was late, very, very late at night on the Tuesday. Um, and there was only me and one other person, uh, somebody called Sawyer, who was, I, I found out was actually the guy who had full position on the actual races. And he was like doing 134s. I was doing like 139s and I was saying, oh goodness me, I'm going to be, you know, totally smashed to me. But after time, after about an hour's worth of practice, I got mm. down to a 35-3. And oh, I thought, well, that's nice. not too bad. Uh, right. Because at least it was uh, not too far away. And I thought, there's maybe a bit more time in it. And then, yeah. unfortunately, I was I used the, the 911, which was actually, I didn't think would be a car I would adapt to, but it, it worked mm. quite well. But last night, I was on, I was up to seventh place. Um, I, I started seventh on the bed, kept, kept my place. Um, and I, I just hit a curb and I went off and that was me and I smacked into the barrier and that was my, my, too much damage so it was it was over um, but it shows even with practice it can go horribly wrong but that was on a set of course competition yep. but it's it's yeah. a great game and it's so hard but it's good absolutely yeah now I'm a big fan of, of ACC they did everything right except the multiplayer and and really when I went away from um Grand Turismo Sport because I was playing iRacing back then as well it was really um a set of Corsa Competizione that I went into um and I I really do love that game I had some great custom races there with the community but um mm. they just didn't quite get the multiplayer right unfortunately but we'll see how the next one goes 
The, the car yeah, physics, the sound, it's wonderful. It's I, yeah. I think, and I know unpopular opinion again, I think in terms of GT3, feel, sound, um, it's probably the best GT3 offering on the market. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunately the multipliers could be better. Could be better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be more accessible, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the most involving thing as well. I find that you go from a set of Corsa to GT Sport and it's a big difference. Mm, um, it's, it's you, You've really got to concentrate so much, I find, with ACC. Well, you can kind of take a slight step back in GT Sport. It's, it's, it is easier to drive the yeah. cars, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, um, which I think is why it's popular. I mean, it's on console to start with, which um, mm. opens up the audience. But I think it's also very accessible. Uh, you don't have to be particularly good, and it's going to match make you into lobbies against um, people of your skill level, and you can have fun. And that's what yeah. racing's about, isn't it? Sim racing's about having having fun. Um, yeah. And and I think something like GT Sport is is really really good at being accessible and matching people up to their equals that they can have a bit of fun with. Mm. 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 So how did you all come together as Team Rock? How did it all come about? So Rory and I did an absolute disaster um, of a race at Bathurst a long time ago. And I guess um, I guess when you're a content creator in a particular community, which was Gran Turismo Sport at the time, and Rory was as well, um, I suppose you do you do reach out to fellow content creators because it's a tough gig sometimes and, um, and it's nice to have someone to talk to. And, uh, yeah. and I love having those two. Uh, as a friend, as opposed to just Team Rock that you guys see, it's yeah, nice to be yeah. able to talk with them. Because, um, you know, you can be in a fairly unique circumstance sometimes, and I, and I guess that's how Rory and I, I can't really remember, but I'm guessing we just someone reached out to someone um, yeah. and we had a bit of a chat and said we should race, do that together. Um, did we even start with a Gran Turismo race against each other? Maybe. I can't remember now. It's so long ago. <laughs> but that's how we hooked up, and then uh, Kirith came in via Rory. Uh, yeah. And we and we reunited to try again and forget yeah. the old Bathurst race of yesteryear, uh, where yeah. we spent most of it in the pits. And um, it's been <laughs> it's been great fun ever since. So no, I met Kerry through Rory, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly how Rory and I first started talking. Hmm. That's uh, well, yeah, it's it's a great team, and your events are always very good. Um, and uh, we've had fun. all of you, yeah. we've had all of you on the on the on the show now, um, from Callum to Kerith and to your good self and Rory. Um, we've had all four of you um, take mm. part on the show, which is which is great. And mm. now Go Mojo has said, uh, or Go Mojo Go, he says free servers are coming to ACC next year. So hopefully the CR community will have some fun. Mm. I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't think it fixes the problems, but it's a step in the right direction. At least you'll be able to go and set up your own custom lobby for free, which I think is a huge barrier at the moment for ACC and something they got wrong, having to purchase dedicated overs. Um, so it's yeah. a step in the right direction. Still no matchmaking type daily races and stuff like Gran Turismo or um, iRacing has, who you have to suggest are the two leading um, racing games in the online market, I would think, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but that's a start. It's a step in the right direction. At least people can go and set up a, an easy lobby. It doesn't cost them anything and they can race with a couple of friends. So that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's fantastic. Now we've got lots of people in the chat. It's great to see everyone. We've got Noel who's just joined us as well. I think you're from the other side. I think we're from, from Asia. I think Noel's probably from, although you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. And I do apologise because we had Chubaghetti on last week as well. And he was from the Philippines. Um, so the time hours, the balance of time was quite was quite good fun. Um, so we've got lots of people watching. So please put in your questions um, in capitals so I can uh, read them out and ask them all for Charlie. That... Um, now, uh, Go Mojo Go was saying pre-Bathurst there was a, a one-off 
Rory versus Charlie Roscoe community race. So yes, that's, that's, that's what I remember. I think that was in Brazil, if memory serves me. I have a shocking memory, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm um, I'm good on remembering some details and forgetting all the the little ones, but I think it was a Brazil race. Might have been the first thing we did, take each other on, on on GT Sport, which seems about right. We're both GT Sport content creators. That makes sense. And then I think yeah, from there we yeah. probably went to the iRacing, yeah. That's the thing. Now, do mm. you do any kind of like F1 as well, like the, the, the current F1 mm. games? Do, do you have a go at that? Um, every so often, um, I do. I did buy the last Formula One game, um, and I did. I did actually enjoy it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I live streamed a couple. I think I put out a few videos, but by and large, I guess my community is just not in the in the right place. Yeah. So um, people weren't really into it. So I've done a little bit um, myself offline, uh-huh. but I haven't really done a lot with it because, yeah, I guess I, I haven't live streamed or, or put any more videos up since I did that. But um, I think it's actually quite a good game. I don't I don't mind that. They've made some steps. I had I bought one a couple of years ago and I wasn't fussed on it at all. I can't remember what yeah. year that was. Um, 18, uh, been 19, every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite liked the one they did last year uh, with the Schumacher mm. series on it and they had all the kind mm. of championship cars as well that were quite good. Yeah, I remember fondly F1 2013 because that really was the first one that brought out all the old retro cars and they had all, yeah. uh, you know, they had everything from from old um, Williams to uh, Senna's cars. I think, uh, I think it had Mansell's, Mansell's Williams in yeah, it yeah. and uh, it even had Alan Jones's um, old car in there. So, yeah, that was that was cool from going back, but I believe they have dabbled in and out of the old retro cars. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think there's so much of it this year. I was going to wait oh. by mine on PC. Because I've always, always had it on on PS4, but I yep. thought there, now that I've got a PC set up, um, yep. I'll try and get it on PC and see what the difference is like. And, and you can at least any... get a few mods and stuff like that. You wouldn't be able to race them online, but I think you can usually get you know the latest championship car decals and all sorts of stuff you can generally get for the PC version. So yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So gonna... As well, hmm. going to get that and see how it all goes. So hmm. what would you like to do with your channel from here? Where can you see it developing? Um, well, look, I think uh, at the moment I'm back into Gran Turismo Sport for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got Gran Turismo 7 coming, so fairly obviously, I suppose, I'm going to be um, leading up into that. And I'm pretty excited to get on that and play that. Um, obviously, the iRacing keeps ticking away. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I don't I don't have any long-term sort of plan. It's very much a hobby for me. I mean, I work full-time. I've got a family. Yeah. I've got too many cars and motorbikes and stuff to work on. So uh, I do this as often as I can, which is probably yeah. not often enough for a lot of people. But um, at the moment, it's just sort of ticking away. Um, and, you know, I've got a bit of content for other channels and stuff and and different ideas and whatnot I'd, I'd like to do. So I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll probably ever stop creating content, but um, yeah. specifically for this channel, I, I really don't know. No, we'll find yeah. out as I go. Mm. So you're saying you've got uh, you dabble in, in kind of doing all these cars up that you've got, and I think it's all RX-7s and things like that, that you have, or what kind of cars are they? So I've got, yeah, I've got the RX-7, which is a 1981 Series 2 RX-7, um, which is sort of an ongoing, will probably always be a project car. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's a beautiful car now. It runs magnificently, looks nice, it's registered and all the rest, um, but it always needs something being done. It's 40 years old. You know, things yeah. always need being yeah. done. I want to upgrade things, and I've got a bunch of suspension sitting out there on the on the bench I've had for a couple of weeks and haven't put in yet, so um, I've always got things like that. Then I've got a WRX, um, a oh, Hawkeye wow. WRX, which was my favourite yeah. shape. So yeah. I was, um, I'm glad to glad to have got that one. Um, that's 
that it's a Subaru, so that needs some love. That always yeah. that drinks as much oil as the the rotary. People are always <laughs> carrying on about oil consumption in a rotary. Try owning a Subaru and having blow by, but um, yeah. um, great car, wonderful, wonderful little car. I love them both. Um, I've got the Triumph as I mentioned before. Um, yeah, and I've got, yeah. got a um, Husqvarna dirt bike as well, a big three hundred two stroke. So um, wow. between the four of them, and as well as the family car, the the Outback, um, yeah. there's always something that needs to be done. And I do most of the mechanical work on on all of them as well. So keeps you busy. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Much. Yeah. After I don't know if you've ever seen these videos um, of what they call the kind of barn finders, mm. um, and the, some of the cars that we found in America and in Britain just mm. are exceptional. Um, I was watching one yesterday, um, I think it was a late break show, where they found an old Jaguar E-Type, or what was ah, left of it. Um, yeah. But some some of the stuff that they do find, if it's been put in a barn and it's put maybe a tarpaulin over it, um, yeah. it's incredible that they can find these amazing machines. And I you love just seeing things wow. like that. Yeah, yeah and they blow yeah. the dust off and they give it a, a polish and, and sometimes, obviously not yeah. often, but sometimes the, the standard paint can actually come up quite well as, as well. Yeah, I, when mm. they do it, I'm sure I saw, I think it was a 250, f ferrari that somebody had been kept in a in a, in a barn since the mm. early 70s um, and it had only done about maybe twenty thousand miles and yeah. then it'd been left there for 30 or 40 years and then they they they, they found it and it was in really um, remarkable condition on its original paint just with a few little blotches here and there um and just quite an incredible thing but you know you always yeah. think if only you could have a great uncle or an auntie that's left something you know <laughs> you know like yeah. that yeah. Can you come and tell me what this car is, you know? And you'd be That's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'll be there, you know, to kind of see yeah. what it's like. I can tell you, it's but, not worth much, but I can take it off your hand for you if you like. You know. <laughs> Uncle old mate, it's just a cheapie, yeah. but I can try and get it running, fix it up and sell it off. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. My daddy's doing up a, um, uh, a Series 1 Jaguar uh, XJ6 at well, the moment. Nice, it's just yeah. a little project he's been working on. So not a super fancy car or anything, but um, yeah. a nice enough thing. And it's, it's got a bit of heritage. So it is, it's a Series 1, but it's also would have been just about in the first boatload to Australia, I reckon. So wow. it's a 69 model, which is very old yeah. for that um, vintage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for Australia at least, because I think they were only 68 in the UK they came out. Um, yeah. So yeah. here's a 69. I think it would have been, judging by the plate stamp, within the first month or two of it of them being released in australia in general so um that's yeah. quite quite a cool old thing he's um he took out the 2.8 lead it's a rare manual as well because they're all auto yeah. um yeah. He's, he's yeah taking the 2.8 out and put a 4.2 in from the same from the same oh, vintage so yeah wow. that's always a bit of fun i don't know if you've ever tried to balance su carbs but um i can't <laughs> he, he did a decent job but uh and even then we're still looking for an expert for su carbs well they are a we nasty thing <laughs> My father um, got given an old classic many years ago in the early 80s, mm. and it was a Jaguar Mark 7 from 1951. Oh, yeah. And it was a Beautiful. manual, three litre, three and a half litre manual, and it had two petrol tanks. Mm. Uh, and it sat outside our old house for years and years and years. And eventually we decided, right, we're going to do this thing up. Um, and when the guy, the guy came with his tow rope to try and tow it onto the truck, and it, it was seized down, and the yeah. tow rope just went, and just snapped as he tried to move it away. It was a big, you know, two tonne at least. Uh, this thing of big massive car but i didn't realize they actually yeah. used the mark 7 in the in the monte carlo rally is that right? a massive I car that. and i yeah. thought goodness me that would be a horrible car to drive you know because it was it was really heavy and bulky and it you think be, that would yeah. it would be really tough but i think and a lot of the ones that went abroad for the mark 7 were all automatic so it was quite rare that it was only the manuals that they had in britain and things yeah. but quite a machine i'd love an xk 120 that yes. would be yeah, yeah and the hard yeah. top hard top one i think would be a lovely car but mm. um, 
Mm. Do you think like in GT7? Because obviously I can tell you're a big car fan and a big car mm. enthusiast. Um, are you kind of looking forward to GT7's, the new cars, and maybe they'll have some um, classics as well in that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, they're limited fun driving those old cars in their street form because obviously they don't, you know, they, they yeah. don't go that well. But it's it's wonderful to to be able to look at them and um, you know, and take them for a bit of a bit of a, a jaunt around a, a small track or something like that. Even just jumping yeah. in an old E Type or you know, uh, something like that, they're always wonderful. And as long as they get the body roll right and all the characteristics of those old cars, yeah, yeah. Um, they they're good. Yeah, they're good fun just to. Um, that's what I kind of do. For enjoyment, um, when I'm not live streaming or making videos, I love downloading old cars like that. Um, yeah. On a set Corsa and such, and yeah, uh, there's so many mods for that. Um, yeah, Grand Turismo Sport, you won't need those mods. It'll just be jam packed with all these the old classic cars, and yeah, right. you'll be able to go and go and have a bit of fun. And something like the Goodwood track that they introduced, I think, is a nice place just yeah. to go and test old yeah, cars. Yeah, that'd be a great just, one. Yeah, yeah, not not so much for content creation, I don't think, but. Um, it's just nice to go and test them. That's I like doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Now, do you have a few words for your community before we finish up? And then I'll ask you the same for your team rock. What would you like to say to your community first of all? Um, oh, look, just just a big thank you um, to to the community. It's probably the same thing you get from everyone, but. Uh, honestly, the support that I get, um, and some of the guys that have stuck around now for the like four years or so since Grand Turismo Sport launched. Um, a lot of old hats there, a lot of old heads, and um, it's so nice to see old names pop up in the chat that, you know, I've been around for a long time. So a huge thank you to you guys. The ongoing support um, has has always been wonderful. Obviously, I'm not a, a giant YouTube channel or anything like that, um, so the advantage of that is the fact that I can remember names and I can remember, you know, interactions with people, and, and it's yeah, nice to have yeah. a small community. So, um yeah, shout out to those guys who are always there and always looking to support, even at 9 o'clock, 5 to 9 on a Monday morning whilst they're going to work or at work. Um, it's great to great to see the support. Uh, in terms yeah. of Team Rock, uh, what do I say to them? I don't know. I don't know. Who, who knows? We, Drive um, faster. Yeah, that's that's right. No, it was such a shame that last race. I don't know if you caught it, but I really feel like the three of us peaked in terms of we just – I don't know. We were just all fast. We were all consistent. We were all very clean. And, uh, mm -hmm. and one unfortunate incident through no fault of poor Rory, who so just mm -hmm. happened to be the man behind the wheel. Um, I really think we'd have got a great result then. So that's all right. 2022 yeah. is coming. And yeah, um, yeah. I'd like to get a few more podiums. Let's, maybe we can even sneak a top step at some stage. But I don't want to put the pressure on. We're there for fun. We're, we're not there to, to be super competitive and, and whatnot. But yeah. it's hard not to be competitive. We're there to race. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and when we show a bit of good form and you can smell a podium oh yeah it's, it's it's almost there isn't it when that happens when you're absolutely when you're getting there yeah, yeah. well no i'm yeah. sure you'll do well and I, I do wish you the best of luck um in your races as well with team rock it's always good to see you, you take part and uh, and it is fantastic and just to give you some of the quotes here from the chat as well po school has said we love you charlie and uh and andrew Marr has said the mark 7 wasn't as heavy as you think only 1.7 tons <laughs> Andrew, you must have gone on Google to find that out. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, we've always got one that knows every bit about the dimensions of a car. And there you go. At, um, now, Kia 24-7, is that work now? Um, but uh, but it's all good. And, many, and now I'm trying to think who was it who said that they, didn't, they haven't done much work today uh, because they've been watching this interview, which is very kind. But, yes, um, very kind. Now, as uh, in the description, 
Charlie's channel is there. The link, you can go straight to it and give it a subscribe and like as well. And if you like lots of sim racing interviews, and we've got a huge catalogue. In fact, Charlie gave me a, a very good tip earlier on. I need to make a playlist of just the interviews alone. Um, and you can yeah. uh, see them all there. And if you like what we do, then subscribe to the channel and we've got our Discord as well. So, Charlie, what's the next big thing that you're doing? What's the next big race that you're looking forward to? Um, look, honestly, you've caught me at the time when I'm not 100% sure. I think we've got, uh, we'll have a little bit coming up. I think, is, is it next weekend? It must be next weekend, coming up soon. Um, a race, uh, yeah, at, at, well, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. I actually need to clarify that. Anyway, there's oh, some stuff coming up. Um, lots more, soon. yeah, lots more Grand Tourism sport. Not probably not a lot of eye racing through to um, January, to be honest. Now uh, we're looking forward to the Daytona, but um, but yeah, lots of Grand Tourism, a bit of eye racing, and uh, and who knows what else I'll I'll put on the channel. I was playing um, some Forza Horizon Five last night. Had a good yeah. time. So I'm wondering if I um if I even do a dabble of that, if there's a few people interested, but um, probably nothing massive on the horizon at the moment. Um, I uh, start preparing for my usual Christmas Day documentary that I've released the last two years. So I'll, oh, I'll probably do another one this year, I'd suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll look out yeah. for that. Now, that will be, thank you very much. be the thing. Well, well thank you so much for having you on uh, on the show, by the way, Hugh. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you, and I appreciate you inviting me along. And, uh, and as you said, if any of, of my communities here and haven't hit subscribe already, or if you come and watch this as a VOD once you knock off work, please do hit subscribe and follow along. Check out the other interviews. I've been watching them all week. Um, I've been putting them on the Bluetooth headphones as I ride to work each day on the bike. And, um, yeah, it's been really good, so very enjoyable. Oh, that's fantastic. No, thank you very much. It's been an absolute mm -hmm. pleasure. And I really wish you all the best for your channel. And uh, we'll, you. we'll keep in there following you and coming in on your races and see how it all how it all goes, which is fantastic fun. But, uh, and it's great to watch you. I know you were doing the North Cypher yesterday, and that was, I think nobody liked that race yesterday, wasn't it? It's it to be <laughs> one of these things, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's quite a thing. But, uh, now, in two weeks' time, uh, next week, we've got a guest coming in from Race Asylum. And I'm not going to tell you who they are, but there's some very big guests from Race Asylum uh, Discord who are going to be coming through, uh, including Gaz Sims. And in two weeks' time, we have a member of our Formula One team. That's right. Ooh. But you'll have to wait and see. I'm going to do a big build-up for that one. Very and exciting. he's also, in his spare time, has managed to win the, the mini championship, the mini racing championship. So that will be coming in two weeks' time. But uh, it's going to be, it's been, been an absolute pleasure, though, to have Charlie all the way from Tasmania, which now coming up, it's coming up nine o'clock, and is it nine o'clock in the morning? It is Open indeed, yep. So you can, you can go back to bed. You've earned it. There was a... <laughs> I won't be doing <laughs> that, but thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. And to everyone in the chat, thank you very much. You've been watching and listening. You've been watching the Car Sim and Race Driver Show with me, Hugh Hattrick, but a very special guest indeed, Charlie Roscoe. I just say, oh, drive fast and try not to crash. Almost forgot the crucial line. <laughs> See you soon.